Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Another Marriage with Dr. David and Teresa Mabry. We uh, have this podcast for a specific purpose, and that is we hope that your relationship is strengthened so that you can have greater satisfaction and impact on the world around you. So glad you're with us today. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Uh-oh. Are you going to have the song this time? Today, uh, it's uh, Lionel Richie. Hello, <laughs> is it me you are looking for? That's a that's a net. We should look that up. Google how many songs have been titled "Hello" or have the title of "Hello" in them. Oh, I can, I can think of several, but that right? feels like a rabbit trail that we don't want to. Does go no? Down. It just it just came to my brain though. It's like that would be a fun thing. We should do that. That we should do that. <laughs> or if you're a listener. And you want to Google that, and then you can um, reach out to us with your answer. Yeah, so. because uh, soon we'll start our our um, uh, listener comments and questions. We're going to go a couple weeks uh, uh, throwing it out there, and nice. you can catch us at info at oneanothermarriage.org, or go to our Facebook page, One Another Marriage. You can find us there and make a comment. We've put a post there asking for for uh, questions and comments, mm-hmm. think topics that you want us to cover as well as questions that you may have. And mm-hmm. maybe, but that sounds like a podcast, even a separate podcast. <laughs> we should probably start a new podcast <laughs> that is not really marriage centric. Rabbit but just trails. <laughs> random topics that David and Teresa like Rabbit to talk trails. about. There that's you go. Right. Yeah. That's but, what we'll name it. But since this is a marriage relationship podcast, what are we talking about today, honey? Today we will be discussing. No, that just sounds like such a weird voice. Okay. So, hey. Today in our episode, we're actually going to unpack unpack some behaviors which are predictors of marriage failure. So that behaviors that are predictors of marriage failure. And we're actually going to be looking at um, some research done by Dr. John Gottman mm-hmm. um, and his, what he calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be a Debbie Downer. It could no. be um it could be just uh practical information for mm-hmm. couples not not to get themselves mm-hmm. into that um area. Absolutely. And if you are a couple and you're listening and you find yourselves mm-hmm. in one of these four horsemen that we're going to d- going to discuss or several of them, then that is an indicator that you should be reaching out um, to someone for some extra help in your relationship. So marriage coaching um, or counseling, and obviously you can reach out to us as well. Absolutely. So yeah, the whole objective is to turn it positive, not to be depressing as it sounds. Right. Because the apocalypse. I mean, uh, come on. Yeah, Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Thank you, John Gottman. Thanks for the name. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so so that's today's episode. That's what we're unpacking today. I'm looking forward to this today, Mm -hmm. but I am looking forward too to your to your puzzle for the day. I have the puzzle. You have the puzzle and our puzzle each week is to spur on our <laughs> hope is that it would spur on one another couples out there right. who will turn to one another and go a little deeper than just business items right. or the day in day out kind of things yeah. but but build intimacy by talking letting them into your brain particularly mm-hmm. if you've been married a while like this that kind of beha- once again this kind of behaviors mm-hmm. like for 
premarital premarital yeah, people this, and then the, for it's not a marriage, stretch for them. Yeah, it's easy to talk about right. things. So But uh, if you have been married long enough, I mean I mean, seven years in, mm-hmm. you're you know, you're for sure hitting you've hit seasons of yeah. just not knowing exactly what else to communicate about. And so just keep in mind the puzzles are never to be about your partner. Okay. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it truly is just a snapshot into each other's brains about, you know, our thoughts. Which by the way, you can use, like there's a handful of things. We, we use puzzles each podcast, but it could be like a high, low from, from the day, or Mm -hmm. it could be any, any kind of thing that simple connecting. Yeah. That causes uh, you to to talk and share kind of, and also to receive from your partner. And today's podcast topic of the four horsemen will help give guidance to kind of rules for the road for, Mm -hmm. for a puzzle, because some of these things we're going to talk about today, you wouldn't want to practice them during a puzzle, which we mention almost every time puzzles. You just listen, you don't have to have answers for them. You don't mock or make fun of, but you'll get that by the end of the podcast as we walk through it. But I am eager to hear Teresa Mabry. I I don't know what your, (laughs) I don't know what your puzzle is today, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Okay. I hope I don't let you down. You won't. (laughs) You won't. You've never let me down. Okay. All right. So, so the puzzle is um, coffee shops. Okay. We've been to coffee shops. We have been to coffee shops. For a puzzle before. So I'm curious how this is going to be. The puzzle is coming from coffee shops and um, some certain ones in particular. Okay, but but I am noticing um, I am noticing that more of them are doing it. But mm-hmm. um, so you get a drink, yes, and it's a cold drink, yes, and you need a straw, yes. And so we're going to like those paper straws, like Ooh. the cardboard straw, the yeah. paper straw, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's still inside of a plastic cup. <laughs> so. So I I have thought That's about this great. before, but I was spurred on by a mutual friend of ours. My puzzle was actually shout uh, out to Tanner, stimulated by about a now. mutual friend of ours, Tanner, who expressed this same opinion on his Facebook page, and I was like, "Yes, I've had the exact same puzzle, so right?" Wait, you're I mean, say, say it again. You're saying that uh, that. Because I remember the post from Tanner, you're saying a a paper straw or a cardboard straw, mm-hmm. whatever they're made of. Whatever they're made, yeah. Not plastic straw. Not plastic straw. But so, it's coming in a plastic container. Exactly. It does so feel what like is more plastic? Yes. What is more plastic? The yes. cup, the lid together, or the straw? Yeah. Now, I I get it. I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to do something. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think, I don't know. I don't know exactly what what the answer is, but it's just because I two times now I've had I've chosen a cold beverage at two different places, two different coffee shops. One large large name brand coffee shop, right? And then another one not so much. And and the straw disintegrates. It doesn't <laughs> hold itself together. It's really sad. It's yes. sad. Like it becomes a very yeah. dilapidated straw. And yeah. I'm, then I'm like, well, what the heck? How am I supposed yeah. to like drink my drink if if the straw has collapsed, right? So <laughs> you know what drink. happens? Drink my drink. <laughs> How am I supposed to drink my drink if the straw has collapsed? So 
That's the puzzle. The puzzle is so much plastic and and just we're just adding one more piece of plastic and we're trying to change that one small piece of plastic into cardboard or paper. Yep. But why are we still like what's the benefit? What what is going on here? And then you know what the heck happens? What? If I'm in the car, reach into the glove compartment, guess what we have? Extra plastic (laughs) straws. And yeah, so next to the uh, napkins, ketchup, ketchup packs. Hey, we don't have as many ketchup packs or honey mustard, honey uh, mustard packs anymore. <laughs> honey mustard dipping We've sauce. dwindled down that supply, but we usually have a random straw, napkins, yeah. maybe a random spoon or something like spoon, that, plastic fork, spoon or whatever. But pens. but seriously, come on, like let's let's go either either. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, that's a that is one. just crazy. That's a good that is puzzle. crazy. So I appreciate Tanner. You helped spur that one on. Shout out. Shout out Tanner. Shout out to Tanner. Okay. Yep. But yeah. there hey, you go. The, puzzle um, time. Can you imagine? That's a good puzzle. Can you mm-hmm. imagine a world without plastics at all? Because yeah. we'll find out more and more how yeah. you know, dangerous they are. Once again, another podcast we need to start, which would be, that would be a great, great random topic yeah. from David and Teresa just to discuss. Right. But- but I, um, yeah, so so a world without plastics, because we're well, finding I mean, out more and more it. how dangerous I mean, they are. I know, but back in the day, I mean, even before we were born, mm-hmm. there are people who lived a, a larger portion of their life without so much plastic, right? Yeah. And yeah. then when we were little, <sighs> the, you did have plastic, but it was a rare occasion. Well, do you remember what it was when we were young? It was, and that, now you don't see this anymore, right. but it's, well, you do in like certain things, but not fast food. Fast <laughs> food used to all be in, the sandwiches came in styrofoam. Boxes. Oh wow! Yeah, right. So and now yeah. they're all they're all cardboard paper right. uh, or or uh, paper of some recycled, type, recyclable box yeah. kind of thing. I mean, I don't know if yeah. anyone who serves it now. That, now, if you get a lunch from like Chinese takeout or what, well, right. and not in those little boxes, but in yeah, but yeah. in the styrofoam, yeah. we still yeah. have that styrofoam clamshells yeah. going on. But that's been. From fast food, you don't see that anymore. I know. But that's so, a good. That's a good. There you puzzle, go. There you go. There Teresa. you go. Good so, job. Yeah. Yeah. Stop, well done. Stop giving me a straw that disintegrates. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Would you prefer no straw? Well, yeah, but see, there, therein, therein still is the puzzle. We're changing one small component within the presentation of the beverage, yeah. right? So if you do not give me a straw. I'm going to probably need some type of a spoon. So guess what? The spoon is also made out Plastic. of. Plastic. Yeah. So yes. why? I don't know. That's my, that's they the puzzle. Serve there it, we go. Serve it into your hands. How about this? I'll just put my mouth underneath the, uh, <laughs> the, the just, spout. Just pour it in, just folks. Just pour it. Just pour it. I will. I will just just open wide. Open wide. That's my wife. (laughs) So proud of her. Great ideas. Here's what you're really proud of. You're proud of that I just haven't lost it on somebody at their place yet and gone. Very proud. What is going on with this? I know. I'm very proud of you that you've kept yourself together. Keep it together. Speaking of keeping it together. 
That's a good puzzle there, hon. Keeping it together. Let's let's address the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Of which you also need to keep it together. The, where you? That's right. There you go. We're tying uh, it in. That's a good segue. <laughs> the, because D- Dr. John Gottman, he uh, runs a relationship institute, and he's looked at thousands of couples, uh, and he's researched these couples and then helped couples. And he, from his research, he said he can predict, get this, he can predict up to 90% of the time whether a couple will make it or not long term. Yes. Based upon their habits and behaviors mm-hmm. with one another. And he has actually boiled it down to four negative behaviors right. that these the couples that don't make it, the 90% that don't make it, um, they... And he's not saying 90% people don't make it, but he said that of the 100% that seem to be struggling, mm-hmm. 90% don't make it long-term because these four things are present right. um, in the relationship. So he can predict up to 90%. So the four things, let's, let's talk about these a little bit and sure. maybe see these as warnings mm-hmm. and watch for even a slight entrance into a relationship. So here's the thing. The reality is that like you may be listening out there and saying, you know what? I don't, as we go through these, you say, I don't have, I don't have that or that or that, but maybe you have a little bit and it's creeping in. Mm -hmm. And then over time you allow, it begins to grow. So you start off a little tiny monster or a little tiny behavior you don't even want to call it a monster yet, but it just starts small. And then all of a sudden it gets a root and then it starts growing more and more. And then it becomes a big monster or it, it begins taking over because because you hit stress and, and mm-hmm. different and growth and you add other challenges in the relationship. And then those negative behaviors become larger, much larger. And then they wear you down. Right. So those, the four horsemen. Um, so let's go through the order here a little bit. The first of the four horsemen, and the big thing we want to see is let's recognize these, and then we can do something about it. The first one is criticism. So John Gottman found that relationships that had um, verbal attacking and personal uh, attack on character, um, and this can come in different forms and different views, but cr- criticism directly of your partner. Mm-hmm. So any Anytime that the communication comes across as attacking someone's personality, it's usually like a, like, you, you never do this, or you're, you're lazy, or you're, you're that, or this. And it's like, it usually results because one's being defensive, and uh, or they're receiving something negative from their partner, so they react in, in criticism. So a type of criticism toward another. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so along with talking about um, these specific behaviors of the four horsemen, we're also going to be talking about the antidotes to them. Mm-hmm. So what would be a help or or how can you turn it around, right, with that? So, um, so with the criticism, instead of being that person to be like, you're so lazy or you always do this, I can't believe that, you know your personality just doesn't mesh with mine, whatever it is that you're attacking with their character and their personality. So another, an antidote to that then would be to be able to share with your partner, but you need to 
continue to remember to use those I statements and, um, and try to express what you need from that. So it mm-hmm. could be that, um, that it's like, uh, you know, I see that, um, that maybe the, the laundry that I asked you to do didn't, didn't get done. Can you explain to me why, um, that happened or, mm-hmm. or can you, can you help share with me your approach um, that mm-hmm. you took to this situation so that I understand yeah. that's a totally different way to communicate with each other rather than the attack. Right. And then, like you said, like um, other things can come in to the relationship. Other stressors can come in that, you know, can cause these mm-hmm. uh, behaviors to kind of come out a little bit more. And I mean, and definitely, you know, I mean, we've had criticism, I mean, mm-hmm. we've been together, I mean, together dating from dating over 30 years. Yep. So in that time frame, we've definitely have criticized each other um, and and recognized that that was not that was not the most mm-hmm. helpful way <laughs> to go about it. Yeah, I, do, I think that it's been for us, though, it has felt more like measured and it's usually sneaky criticism rather than right. overt, right? Because right. like, and well, which for is me not... especially, I mean, with my stressor, my stress response being a skunk, yeah, my verbal spraying, I have, mm-hmm. like, I have attacked before in a critical way, um, sneaky or not sneaky, um, yeah. it it yeah. has come out, yeah, and it's usually like a like a, a comparison to a parent or, yes, or something right. like that. It's like, like in knowing that that's kind of a like family of origin, like a little bit of a jab. It's a little jab. Like yeah. for me, family of origin comparisons in, in one of those more stressful situations right. is, a, is a little bit more ouchy. And so that comes across as criticism, but then right. there's, there's the more overt and challenge that I don't think we have ever had, like, like our example of, like I'd said before about like the, the criticism of you're so lazy, like the laundry mm-hmm. was not done. Right. Um, which, oh, you're so lazy. Or if I, I come home and like, I see dishes still in the sink mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like, oh, Teresa, once again, disappointed me once again. You're, <laughs> right. you're so lazy, and it's like critical kind of tear down for um, of of behavior or of, or of uh, perceived shortcomings right. of your partner. And it's and it's like a lot of these. And you're saying we have not had. I, yeah, we have not those, had that. Right. Like, but it's I usually think, not when it's coming out. I think a lot of these is like when you treat, and this is a this is a good heart check, gut check. Um. When you consider some of these treatments that we're walking through, some of these four uh, horsemen, it's treating your spouse like a child. Right. Like, or you're talking down to, or you're trying mm-hmm. to parent them. or to, And so there's a, there's a good opportunity to sit back and go, hold on, am I really speaking? Am I criticizing my spouse? And is, am I only mirroring the the way I feel I'm being treated elsewhere or mm-hmm. from my family of origin. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and these are callbacks to everybody to previous podcasts. We encourage you to look back on the, the Fooey podcast or right. uh, Teresa, you mentioned uh, stress animals. So right. call back, back on that one. call back to the stress animal right. 
uh, one. But don't you think that sometimes, like people, folks that we've worked with that mm-hmm. have had more challenges with criticism, particularly, sure. it's it's like it stems a lot of it has stemmed yes. from a family of origin aspect. I mean, if you've if you have grown up in a very critical environment, or let's say um, you've grown up in, because I do feel like there's a certain part of this one that uh, criticism comes more from um, the female to the male a lot mm-hmm. of times. Yeah. And I feel like if um, if you have grown up in a family of uh, women, mm-hmm. grandmas, aunts, you know, like mom, who spoke clearly about treating their husband like a child or or making that comparison mm. then it normalizes what's happening right yeah. and you just feel like that's what you're supposed to do yeah. right and so and we're trying to tell you that technically no <laughs> that is mm-hmm. that's a bad behavior trait to get into and that would be one of those um, family of origin traits that comes through the line that you want to put a stop to. Right. And a lot of times people don't even, they don't even truly think about some of those, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we land on the big ones like, Hey, we want to stop addiction or we want to stop, you know, um, whether it's alcohol, drugs, you know, sex, whatever it is like, um, we want to, we want to curtail divorce. We want to do other things, but we don't always think about like, yeah, what, what is a critical spirit Mm-hmm. And then how does that, how does, how do you put an end to having that critical spirit and having that criticism? And it's basically, first of all, changing the mindset, right? Yep. Not yep. to look at your partner as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, you have to, you, you're going to, it's going to take some work. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to just fix it overnight. But third, if you would start being more healthy in your assertiveness mm-hmm. of what of using that I statement so that I see this happening and can you just help me understand the why behind it Yeah, or something like that. Many, many more having many more positives than negatives right. shared within the relationship makes a huge, huge difference. In fact, Gottman's, Gottman's research points to that as having, uh, he, he found that when they're, relationships are growing, there's a five to one positive to negative interaction uh, with with the couple. But with couples that are struggling and actually headed to divorce, mm-hmm. they have less than, it's like a point eight, point eight. less than one <laughs> positives yeah. to one negative. Wow. So it's not even a one-to-one basis, right? but it's d- just under one positive for every one negative within the relationship so so we're in the negative for the negatives that's right so the idea is to to um take care of criticism within the relationship by by not verbally attacking mm-hmm. uh personality or character mm-hmm. but own things take when, your talk uh, about your feelings that's right with those i statements that's right right the second one is connected to it pretty strongly and mm-hmm. that is contempt so it's the attacking the sense of self with an intent to insult or abuse. And so it is a, a direct, any statement that's a statement or nonverbal behavior that tries to elevate you to higher ground, where you're, you're kind of like hey, pushing your partner down lower than you, which criticism does that, yes, but mm-hmm. contempt is actually showing disrespect. It's, mm. it's put downs. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mocking. It's rolling your eyes. It's sneering. 
it's kind of a snooty response in, for some people. Right. So it's it's unlikely because of defensiveness of Stonewall. It's an insecurity, actually, mm-hmm. insecure response. But so it's contempt. It's actually, once again, if criticism is treating your spouse like a child, this is contempt is definitely that overt kind of mocking put down. Our our rule early on in, in our even dating relationship and I remember distinctly mm-hmm. having this conversation is that um, absolutely no, no name calling right. whatsoever. Even, even that pl- not play, but even a joking negative. Right. Cause all those, like many times you find that those are, there's an undercurrent, a negative undercurrent with the joking. Now right. the flip side though, I must say is Sometimes there's just play names that go back. That's not what we're sure. talking about. We're not talking about kind of like um, uh, uh, you're being goofy. Kind right. of just that fun kind right. of jabbing with one another. That's not, it is really innocent. Yeah. You're but make a sure, goober or something that's like right. that. I don't make know. Sure, make sure your partner knows right. that, that that's, but that's if the I, case. If I walked around and just called you a jerk all the time. Yeah, or, or and even said it publicly with right. with others and said, "Yeah, David's such a jerk." Or if I said, "Yeah, Teresa, man, she is so annoying," kind of thing. It was like, right. or you're so annoying, or like that contempt that that mm-hmm. or name card. You're so stupid. Why you make these mistakes all the time? You're so stupid, kind of thing. And once again, criticism, contempt are very close horsemen. Mm-hmm. But anytime that you have that verbal attack of one another, and 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 couples that. The couples that have this, once again, this is a predictor of divorce, folks. So if you have any name calling or attacking or insulting in your marriage, what should they do? Mm-hmm. So the antidote for this one is to actually um, build up appreciations. Mm. So you want to make make appreciations um, the healthy culture within mm-hmm. your home. Mm-hmm. And um, so you have to remind yourself of what are those uh, positive qualities that your partner has and then actually voice those appreciations to them, you know, on a daily basis. You can't just say, well, I appreciated you last year, you know, (laughs) at this time. It's like, okay. Um, But yeah, it's got to be daily. So looking for um, ways to, to just build, build your partner up with those appreciations. And, um, and once again, you got to avoid, um, even with the sarcasm, you know, sarcasm mm-hmm. is a, <clears throat> excuse me, is a big one. And you just, you got to avoid, um, the sarcastic jabs mm-hmm. as well. Um, because you, your, your partner, if you think about it, if you have only felt contempt from your, your partner, then, if if all of a sudden they give you an appreciation, but then in the next vein, they're also given that sarcastic comment, even if it's humorous, mm-hmm. which one are you going to think about more? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you've only felt contempt from them, you're going to think about the sarcastic comment, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and not, not take for not, not take it for what it's worth that they're trying to also give you an appreciation. Yeah, and it's and, and also not waiting for like an official time to do it, right? This is like like it it needs to become spontaneous and regular and not um kind of formalized <laughs> through the whole process. Like like 
I have to wait till someone makes me appreciate you. Yeah, but it's, exactly. But everyone, uh, everyone appreciates appreciation. Yes. And the research would show, and a lot of Gottman's research shows this, is it, and we've said this before, mm-hmm. you need two, two things on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And we'll focus on this one today, which is appreciate your partner on a daily basis, mm-hmm. as you said. And the second thing is that you're, you're always planning something or looking forward to something goal setting right. as as a couple. Right. And that's another topic for another time. But for us today, it's hey, um appreciate your partner on a regular basis. Have more positives as we said before, more positives than negatives, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's going to take it's going to take a little bit of time to to get there, but definitely um strive to create that culture of appreciation within your relationship. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It is interesting that the four horsemen, just a little fun fact as we go along here, it's like like the four horsemen, you can predict within what before six years after a wedding date whether the relationship is going to continue if these things, things are present. So if you're listening today and you say, well, we've not been married long, we don't really have to worry about these things, I'll tell you what, is that according to Gottman's research, it's like... Under six years, you can predict whether that marriage is going to make it or not because these things show their presence early on in the relationship. So Right. And the other the other um interesting statistic with that too is that the average couple waits six years before mm. seeking help. Wow. So here we are with Yeah. You can predict in under six years. So we have some of our young mm-hmm. couples out there who, you know, you're on year three, four, and five, but at the same time, um, you're waiting mm-hmm. to finally seek out some help. And by the time you're seeking it out, someone's usually ready to give it up yeah. because if you've endured for six years with some of these negative bad behaviors, you're, you've already, <laughs> you've torn down yeah. a lot of the trust yeah. and yeah. So, so number one, number one, that's it, on the positives. Just to review real quick, the first one is that we want to encourage couples out there as much as possible. Use more I statements when you are finding a behavior that you want to see improvement or you want to confront, you want to resolve conflict within the relationship. Instead of using criticism, use an I statement. Um, Talking about your feelings. Your feelings right. with it. Personalize mm-hmm. it a little bit more for yourself. The second thing is that build a culture of appreciation mm-hmm. within your marriage right. and, and more positives than negatives and work really hard at appreciating your, your, your partner. So these are the positives that you can start implementing within your relationship. The third horseman mm-hmm. is defensiveness. So defensiveness is victimizing yourself to ward off perceived attacks and reverse the blame. So it's, it's a countering when you think that you've been attacked, mm-hmm. con- criticism, contempt, whatever it may be. Often, kind of a counterattack would be defensiveness. So it's negative communication. It's escalated. It spins out of control. You become defensive, and you don't want to take any responsibility for pray- playing any part in the negative communication, the negative behavior. So it becomes you become more and more. Um, like you lose sight and it reminds me a little bit of like we, when we teach the uh, stress animals, there's one that's the donkey, right? The, right. Do- the donkey will dig in their heels, mule, donkey, whatever, will dig in their heels. And even when they, 
they realize, really realize that they're wrong, they'll still dig in their heels and stay on their ground and fight it no matter no matter what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So the antidote then um, for this, the positive side of this is um, take responsibility for what you own in in this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, you can offer an apology, especially if it's um, if it's come across. Maybe you were saying something. You're like, you know what? I just need to start that over again. I don't think I said it as clearly or said it as well mm-hmm. as what I should have. Yep. And then just go ahead and restate it. But just by by owning part of that to say, you know, maybe maybe I didn't share with you exactly the wording that I was using, you know, was the best or something mm-hmm. like that. That diffuses a lot right there when you just, um, when you accept that responsibility for it. Um, and so it, instead of, instead of the counterattack of yep. you get attacked, so then I attack you and we just keep going back and forth, attack, 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 you mm-hmm. know, um, actually pausing to just say, you know what? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I see your perspective on that and, and let me try to rephrase it because I don't think it came out how I wanted it. You know, those are, those are powerful words. I tell you what, don't you, don't you think that, uh, you know, of all the couples that we've worked with that really struggle with, with things, their relationships really on the rocks and they're, they're really needing some growth. It, I don't think we find, we, we find, yes, people, the first horseman of criticism. Mm-hmm. We find contempt, yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you what, this horseman of defensiveness, mm-hmm. that seems to be present in almost all of the struggling couples. Sure. And, it's, and even in some of our couples that that we've worked with that that aren't really struggling, but they, they just aren't real healthy. They sure. Aren't, they, they aren't the healthiest they can be. Defensiveness is so easy to have present. It's like, because I think we have this self-preservation just Absolutely. as individuals. And it's kind of like, it, it, it's, hey, if I think I'm being attacked, I need to defend first and right. foremost, rather than rather than thinking through, hold on a second. What is my partner's perspective? Let, let, me, let me take responsibility for my part. And then even when you realize that actually they're in the wrong, but I'm going to I'm going to be careful how I approach mm-hmm. this. I'm I'm going to have more of a chill approach back mm-hmm. and we're going to try to resolve this. And this is super tough, is it not? Especially in the emotional, oh, yeah. emotion of the moment. Emotion of the moment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do think you're right that that's, I mean, yes, this, this one, I'm, this one for sure is present in a lot of those couples that we've coached that are in that struggling um Time frame and 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 as you said, like it's um, it is natural to want to protect, to protect and to mm-hmm. to protect yourself. And I think when we look at um, when you look at years that you've been together, when you look at compiling um, these negative behaviors that may have been present during that whole time, let's say you've been together ten years. During that whole time, these negative behaviors have been present. Yeah. Um, you've just continued to forge ahead, you know, kind of struggling through your relationship. But then you're also adding in the stressors of life, right? And um, and man, this just, you know, there's that person. I feel I feel for those people because that person only has so much that they can really control and protect mm-hmm. and. And so that self-preservation coming in of, I, 
I, I can't, I can't let you win kind of yeah. deal. Like I can't let you kind of like, you mm. know, beat me down so much. So the easiest thing to do is to retort back yeah, with your own defensiveness. Yeah. And it just counters and it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm wondering about our, our thought, our, our thoughts about when you have a conflict or disagreement um, in your relationship and our challenge is oftentimes to find a time to move move into mm-hmm. the thinking brain inst- right. instead of the, uh, the emotional brain, emotional brain mm-hmm. right? So to, to actually take your chairs and set up, we have this two different rooms, emotional room, which is a valuable room, but not, right. a, not a great place to resolve conflict. And then you have your thinking room and it's actually set up your chairs in your thinking room. I, I think it's a valid response at times. And I'm thinking through my own personal experience in mm-hmm. our relationship. Right. And there have been some times that you have rightly challenged me or um not confronted but you've you've because you're not you're not gonna you don't confront um in a harsh way but just you've mentioned things to me and i've i thought i'm just not in a good headspace to hear it Mm. and it's it's better for me and maybe the best response maybe our best advice and and encouragement for couples out there like if they face what i'm kind of imagining that we've walked through and that i've experienced is to turn and just say, you know what, you may be right, mm-hmm. but I'm not in a good space right now to process this. Right? Can, can we come back to it later? Yeah, I mean, and that's... it's it's kind of a timeout, but it's more of just admitting, yeah. hey, I'm taking responsibility for for my, I'm taking responsibility for my uh, part in this, mm-hmm. and that my responsibility in part is is more. Uh, I'm not in a good space. I can't mm-hmm. process this because I can't, I can't, what you're talking to me about right now, I I don't necessarily agree with, but you you could be right and I need to give space for that. Right. And, and it takes well, a great deal of effort. That's hard. It's Yeah, absolutely. It takes a great deal of, of effort to even, to even like tell yourself that mm-hmm. and, and ward off. But, but think about if, if people actually made a change you'll see a change in the result. Yes. So if you've only attacked with defensive, you know, a defensive attack, and then you um, avoid the attack by protecting yourself so that you attack back, well, if one of you just took an advice like you just said and was like, you know what, I need to think on that. There, there may be some truth there, but... I also need space in order to process yeah. it, which then helps us move out of that emotional brain into our thinking brain, yeah. which then changes the result yeah. of that conversation. Yeah, yeah. So giving permission each one. Now, I will say this, that if I said that, if I was, because a lot of times what I'll, the way I'll respond is, even if I'm thinking in my brain, I'm not quite seeing it Teresa's way, but a lot of times <laughs> I'll just say, I think if, you think that a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not necessarily That woman true, has her own way of thinking. She has her own way of thinking. <laughs> so no, usually I'll be like, okay, I don't quite see it that way, but I'll usually say, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, if you kind of see me doing something. But I said, I'll just say, okay. And thanks for, it's like, <laughs> like, and I and, and I'm, my, I know my personality too. I don't stay yeah, mad about it. I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad you, you shared that. And I'm, <laughs> I take that in consideration. And usually it's when I get away from it pur- purposely. Right. And you yeah. you give me space to do that anyhow. But yeah. we know our own personalities and 
the pers- personality of our partner. Like I know your response and yes. I think you know mine. Yes. Now I know that many of the couples listening out there don't have defensiveness. And I'm, I don't mind that we're camping here for a minute because I mm-hmm. think this is a biggie. But I think that many out there, it's so easy to, to jump back and defend because it's like my integrity is at stake. Absolutely. My personality is at stake. I'm it's protecting like, my, yep. So my, my encouragement, our encouragement to you out there, folks, is step back, work really hard on this one, that you will take responsibility, you'll push the pause button, accept your partner's perspective, um, that you apologize for any wrongdoing where you need to, but work on this one really hard. Even Mm -hmm. if you're not in like a horrible place, but you're just kind of, your relationship just needs a Mm tune-up, this is a good place to tune up is that defensiveness. Absolutely. The last one that we are dealing with is stonewalling and stonewalling is primarily focused on withdrawing to avoid conflict. Now this is funny because I just told everyone to push pause on this, <laughs> but this is the, this is the negative way of, of pushing pause. Yeah. You could push pause. Like we teach couples how to take a time out, but uh, that time out is the important matter with that is that you come back together purposely. Right. And we but, only, we only say even like 30 minutes to an hour. That's right. Okay. And that's exactly the same thing with this. Right. The stonewalling is a deliberate withdrawing to avoid conflict and convey disapproval, distance, and separation. So you're using as a, an emotional relational manipulation, mm-hmm. you're using that pause button or that separation. And you're kind of, it's, it's really manip, uh, emotional manipulation uh, one toward, toward your partner. And you're, mm-hmm. you're minimizing your partner and the issue itself. So you want to make sure that you, your partner feels ignored and invalidated. Mm-hmm. It's often a non-cooperation with the conflict itself or with your partner herself. So this is not, this is not, this could be seen as a defensive tactic, but this is really not, this is an offensive move as an attack against yeah. your, your partner, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and when we're saying that too with stonewalling, it could even be like, it could be like a few days. It could be for a while, right? Yes, I mean, right. like it could be a week. Right. It could be two weeks. And like we've it, seen that and heard it, right? Yes. Couples is like, well, I didn't talk to him for a whole week. Yeah, or exactly. I, didn't talk, I just don't talk you, to her. It's I just, a purposeful like yeah. avoiding. She'll, she'll learn a lesson or he'll learn Absolutely. a lesson. If I just, I just kind of put up the wall. Right. And I'm telling you what, you put up the wall so many times. Your marriage is not going to make it. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely not. Because it's, it's, uh, you want them to feel the pain. You want that other person to feel that, like, you want them to come seek you out, you know, and then grovel at your feet. So, um, okay. So the antidote here to stonewalling then, um, is, is what we've already alluded to where we teach couples if one of you is feeling, that emotional response to where you just want to withdraw and you don't want to come back to it. You just want to withdraw and like try to get away. We want to encourage you to do some, um, do some self-soothing here by taking a break, but you need to spend time doing something that's um, soothing and distracting. So that could be everything from, you know, doing some exercise, uh, going for a walk, um, watch a TV show that you can just completely veg out to, um, 
listen to music, uh, just, you know, go for some people it's cleaning. I don't know, just, but you need to take a break from each other, but the break cannot exceed like a 24 hour period. I mean, like it's gotta be, Mm -hmm. we want you to, we want you to start to close the gap of how long you need to withdraw. Um, and then that helps you to just kind of like calm down and process and it and your brain actually will start to shift back into that thinking mode the sensors that have taken place in the emotional part of your brain will calm and your thinking part of your brain comes back alive and we we would recommend i think this works really well when when you have a tool and you have permission to use it that's mm-hmm. great so the tool is simply this the two of you have a code word or code words or mm-hmm. a phrase where you instantaneously give permission to your partner and yourself to have that pause, that break, that intentional uh, combating. So instead of stonewalling, rather, it could be, hey, I'm being honest. I'm not in a headspace for this right now. I I need a break. Mm-hmm. Let's come back to this later. And as soon as you use like that phrase or whatever you two come up with, you can and make sure you two talk about this and have an agreement because you can't you can't assume. Wait, I used a code word. I used this, <laughs> I used a phrase that it was like, right. but your partner didn't know it. Code so, red, code red. So it's make, like, yeah, I didn't know that that I, was the code. I didn't know what that it's meant. Like, <laughs> I thought I was going to get by a Red Bull or something. <laughs> I so here's the deal: make sure you're on the same page with your code language mm-hmm. for when it becomes tough. So that way you're not stonewalling, but you're more saying, you know what. I'm, I'm just not, I can't do this right now mm-hmm. um, in relationship. So, and then when that person, when you do return um, and you're coming back uh, from the positive side, that positive antidote, um, come back to the conversation and at least try to listen to understand. At least try to hear their perspective of what's going on. And even if it's, lots of times what we find with the stonewalling is, is that it's, it was a, um, it's a, it's an emotional allergy trigger, right? Where it's kind of like it, whatever the discussion topic was triggered that negative emotion of a previous experience, a past experience, something from family of origin, something from a previous relationship, whatever it is. And when that trigger comes about, it makes you feel so uncomfortable that you just want to, you just want to, walk away and never deal with it. Right. That's right. So, That's right. so just come back at least with the premise that you're going to try and listen to understand. So let's review mm-hmm. the, the four horsemen. Let's review and, now, but let's review primarily, hun. Can you, can you run us through real quick the antidotes? Cause simply one, two, three, four, what are four, four positive behaviors that couples can pick up to actually begin growing their relationship rather than tearing it down. Mm -hmm. So the first one would be make sure that you're talking about your feelings using I statements. So instead of the attack of you, make sure talking about your feelings using I statements. Um, The second one would be that you want to, you've really got to work hard on appreciations and you want to build that culture of appreciations. Look for those positive qualities and positive actions that you see happening and then say out loud, I really appreciate this specific behavior about you. And you need those appreciations daily. And then the third one would be taking responsibility um, for yourself for um, offering that apology to just say, you know what, maybe I, um, maybe when I was uh, sharing that with you, I didn't use the best uh, phrasing or the best words. Um, so let me start over again and, and saying, I, I think I, 
I, I didn't share that in the best way possible. And then finally, the last one would be um, when you're going to need that break um, to take that uh, self-soothing break to do something that can help distract you, but it's also calming and calming you down and take that break for a specific time. Um, we would encourage within a 24-hour window and then resume the conversation where you're really trying hard to just listen to understand. Um, no judging, no no solving, um, no trying to fix it for them, but just giving that listening ear to your partner. Very good. Very good. Hey, thank you all for joining us this week. And I want to give you the verse of the week uh, for to wrap us up today. And it's going to come out of Proverbs chapter 14, verse 29. And I'm actually going to give you a bonus today. <laughs> but 1429 says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he or she who has a hasty temper exalts folly or foolishness. And then Proverbs 15.1 would go along with that. And it says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Mm. And this is our hope for you all this week as well. Those are good verses. Yeah. Good verses. So, hey, so thanks for uh, being with us today. And good golly, can you believe that we're at the end of June? Oh, my goodness. Already? Yeah, yeah it's here at the end of June. And Independence Day is this weekend. So yes. we're excited. If you're listening to this before... Independence Day. Happy 4th of July to you. Mm -hmm. As well as um, we appreciate all of our listeners and followers. If it's your first time joining joining us, come back. Make sure that you um, follow us um, and on all of the uh, podcast platforms that you can. Um, subscribe and um, rate and review. Um, those are the best ways uh, that we um, can get our podcast out there. And remember, it is not about us, but it is about um, building up others in their marriages and um, creating that culture um, where marriage is a good thing. Marriage That's is right. looked at as a good thing. And um, there is um, there there are so many positive aspects of it. That's right. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. And we will see you next week in July. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.